It's time for CBJ in 30, presented by Telhio Credit Union. Find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, YouTube, and TuneIn. The easiest thing to do is tell Alexa or Siri to play CBJ in 30. Here's your host, Bob McGilligan. it is good to be back from the sunshine state how often do you hear people say that that they like getting out of florida the week of easter when it's spring break not very many people right but i'm telling you it's good to be back and it's good to be back here in the mailroom ready to bring you another monday mailbag edition of cbj and 30 presented by telhio credit union at telhio credit union it was 1934 when they decided that it was time to put people above profits. And they have been that way ever since. That is their mantra. That is their MO. That is in their DNA. However you want to put it, that's what they do. And that's why you should consider joining Telhio Credit Union. Now, why should you join a credit union? The answer to that question and many more is right at their website at telhio.org. You can find out about joining Telhio. You can find out about the services. You can find out about the perks that they have that go along with those uh, services. All of that is right there. Click around, check out the tabs. If you, there's something that you cannot find, well, you can just go to the uh, live chat option on the right si- right-hand side of the screen during business hours, and somebody will get with you and help to answer your question. So make sure you check it out. Telhio Credit Union. Find them on the web at telhio.org. Well, it was a rough week for the Blue Jackets, wasn't it? It was a very rough week. Uh, it started off great. No, I, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. Let's go to the beginning of the trip. I'm thinking about just the four games that I attended. There were two games before that. They were against Detroit. Those were terrible. So it did not start off well at all. Then the Blue Jackets went into Tampa, and the first game of that series was outstanding. The Blue Jackets played with passion, grit. Uh, They ground out a victory, 3-2, to over the Tampa Bay Lightning. It looked like the trip had a chance to turn around. They were right in it in the second game against Tampa. Took a 2-1 to lead in the third period. Eric Robinson scored. And then Tampa came back with two quick goals. They go on to win that game and take some of the wind out of the sails. And then the sails were just tattered and torn after the Florida Panthers were done with the Blue Jackets, winning both of those games and doing it quite convincingly, as a matter of fact. 5-2 with an empty net goal in that first one, but 5-2 the first uh, score, and then 3 to nothing on Sunday afternoon on Easter, the Blue Jackets laid an egg. Fittingly, nah, I didn't like it. It's a funny joke, but it wasn't funny to watch. So that's how the Blue Jackets wind out, wind up the trip. And now they're back at home to take on the Tampa Bay Lightning again in two games starting Tuesday night. So it is a daunting task what is awaiting the Blue Jackets here. A week prior to the trade deadline, where do they go? They're going the wrong way in the standings. What do they do? A lot of unanswered questions, and some of those questions are going to be answered within the next week as we find out what the Blue Jackets look like come the evening of April the 12th, which is trade deadline day. So you have a lot of questions. I don't want to waste any time in getting to those questions and getting your answers to you as I see them. I got some voicemail questions. I have some Twitter questions. I have an Instagram question. So uh, let's just get right to it. And I'm going to gonna let my main, my main man here lead off with the first question of the day 
on the Monday Mailbag edition of CBJ and 30 presented by Telhio Credit Union. Yes, that's right. Cameron gets the opportunity to lead things off today. And I'll tell you why, because Cameron put in a lot of time in these past couple of days, gave a lot of time and energy to the Blue Jackets. Here's what I mean. Hey, Bob, it's Cameron Maynard in Belfry, Kentucky. Um, I went down to Florida to watch the Blue Jackets on Thursday in Tampa and then yesterday and today in Sunrise. And it's safe to say that they made my trip memorable. Not really. Um, I just want to let you know how foolish I was to think that the Blue Jackets could go to the Eastern Conference Finals because now I don't think that's the case. I think that honestly, like I think there's a possibility that the Detroit Red Wings could pass up the Blue Jackets and make us fall to last in the division. Um, you know, we totally got beat by a more superior team just in every facet today and yesterday. And, you know, I, I think that, yeah, I, I think it's time for us to sell at the trade deadline. I really do. Um, I don't think we can make the playoffs. Again, you know, call me, you can call me crazy for saying that that we um, can make the Eastern Commerce Finals uh, on the last Monday mailbag or last one for that or whatever it was, but um, I totally underestimated the, the talent this team had. I mean, I mean, I know there's talent there, but, you know, I know you say not to check Facebook, but, you know, by reading from there and, you know, reading uh, like other places on social media, it looks like Torts has lost the locker room, and, you know, I got to agree with those people, and I try to stay away from Facebook. I take your advice and the guy on here who gave me advice to stay away from Facebook. I try to take that advice as best as I can now, but I mean, that's what they're saying. I know it's not the most credible source, but I mean, it, it is one place to go and, you know, see fit, uh, opinions from Blue Jackets fans. So my question is, do you want to, um, do you think the Blue Jackets should go all in trying to make a run or sell? I think they should sell, honestly. And yeah, just uh, I'm driving back 14 hours home right now, and to watch the Blue Jackets lose three straight games is pretty deteriorating. And, you know, I just wanted to see if you think they should buy or sell, and I think they should sell. And my dad has something he wants to say, too. Hi, Bob. This is, uh, this is Cameron's dad, David. And uh, I listen to your podcast occasionally at home, um, whenever Cameron's listening to them, but on the way down, we listened to several um, of your previous podcasts before, and I, uh, I really um, have to agree with you, one that you said here a couple weeks ago, that uh, a couple things. First, that um, I don't buy anything they say on Facebook. I don't think you should ever use that as an example, because you know, that's just a lot of people's personal opinions. And the other thing is that um, I really think that the lack of offense, from what I saw, I don't know anything about you know the team other than what I see visually. I don't read about them on any of the sports sites or anything like that. But what I did see was that they're very sloppy uh, passing the puck back and forth. And uh, it seems like they don't really have a clear game plan on offense. And that lack of offense puts so much pressure on the goalie that it's really hard, uh, you know, for him, you know, all the pressure's on him to keep uh, Columbus in the game a lot of times. But anyway, uh, that's just my personal observations, and uh, that's about all I had to say. Thank you. 
Um, and I'm sorry for disrupting the rhythm of the show. I did not intend for the for the question to be this long. It will not be like this in future Monday mailbag questions that I send. I'm sorry that the video was this, or the that the question was this long. And I look forward to hearing your opinion on my question. Thanks, Bob. Well, Cameron, let me tell you something. Uh, first of all, as I was listening to that, and I'm listening to your dad, David, try to ask a question. I can hear Cameron in the background going, it's already too long. Come on, it's already too long. Now, Cameron's been taking a lot of heat about long questions on this show over the course of the last couple of weeks. And I said this before, Cameron, I'm going to say it again. I love your passion. I mean, you're driving 14 hours to watch the Blue Jackets play, not happy about the way they played. I get it. I understand it. But let me say this. That was two questions. That was you and your dad. And it all came in at under four minutes. So that's less than two minutes a question. So you're in the clear. You're good. When it comes to time, you're good. And the other reason I was laughing to myself is because I was thinking about all the years that I coached um, kids playing baseball. And you know how uh, you try to – you can tell a player something. And, and this still is – this is true even at the major league level. I, I guarantee you this you're trying as a coach, you're trying to tell a player something and the player is just not responding. They, they hear you, but they're not listening and, and they're still doing the same thing wrong or they're, they're not doing something, whatever the case is. And, and you kind of take them to task in front of the team or you make it uh, so everybody is responsible. Okay. Uh, I remember with real young kids, I'm talking nine, 10 years old. Um, maybe if somebody screwed something up, and kept doing the same thing, then it became, all right, everybody's got to run a lap now because we talked about this and, and it's still not getting fixed. Then what happens is the players start to get on that player. Hey, come on, man, quit messing that up. You, you got to get it right because now we have to run. That's not fair. It's not fair to us. So as Cameron is going through the whole thing, I'm thinking about everybody else that has been kind of uh, picking on Cameron over the last couple of weeks. He's got the message, so let him go. He, he's got it. He's, he's good. But, Cameron, you don't have to apologize. Two people, two questions, less than two minutes per person total. You're in the clear. You're good. <laughs> All right. Now, I'm going to start with your dad. I appreciate your dad getting on there and, uh, and talking about things and uh, yes, your dad is all about don't look at Facebook. No, no. I mean, I understand what you're saying about it. I understand you can go and commiserate with other fans and you can find people that have like opinions and unlike opinions. You, you know, you can discuss things. I, I get all of that. I just my whole thing about social media and I think your dad gets this. Uh, I think there are people that say things on and through social media that they would never say to somebody's face. Um, sometimes the most irrelevant argument becomes a serious argument for absolutely no reason. Uh, those are the things that drive me crazy. And that's just in general, that doesn't have to just do with hockey or sports or just everything. Um, so many lies come true on social media. I don't know how it happens, but they do. So <laughs> I like how your dad said that. And, um, you know, and, and thanks for listening to my podcasts on your drive and it kept you awake and I'm, that, that makes me really happy. It didn't go the other way. It didn't put you to sleep while you were trying to drive those 14 hours. But, you know, 
your dad brings up a point. There are times, and we all have seen it this year, when this team looks disjointed, when they're not making good passes, when they're not making good decisions, and they're not doing the things that they need to do as a group, which leads back to what you were talking about. And look, when you're saying that you think this team can go to the Eastern Conference final, a lot of that you're saying with your heart, you're saying out of passion. Sometimes the heart overrides the brain. Now, this is another thing. All, when I when I used to coach, and again, I'm not doing it at a high level, okay? I'm not doing it at the major league level like these guys. But I'm sure that John Tortorella would agree with me if I were to pose this question to him. <clears throat> when you're coaching, <clears throat> you have to make sure sometimes you have to manually make sure that you're coaching with your head and not with your heart. Because there are times when you'll be so fond of a player or of a situation and you'll make a decision and you'll know it's the wrong decision. I mean, you know, your head's saying, don't do that. Don't do that. Get him out right now. Don't leave him in there any longer. Don't start this guy. Don't, you know, whatever it is, whatever. And and then your heart's going, well, you know what? He's worked so hard and, he's a nice guy and you know he's he's always been respectful to you so you know i always said i've got to i've got to take a step back and i've got to try to manage with my head not my heart was i successful at that 100 percent of the time absolutely not because th this this is what makes us go right i mean the heart is what makes us go the heart is it controls it controls more than it should at times it overrides the head because of that passion and that want and that desire for your team to do well or your favorite player to do well or whatever the case may be. So when you're saying about them going to the Eastern Conference final, and I believe I said this to you, if I didn't say it to you, I said it to other people when they asked, and, but I think it was you said, do you think this team can go deep in the playoffs at this time? And I told you, no, not as it's currently constructed without any centermen, right? We had that discussion. I know we did. It was either you and I or, me and somebody else, but we, we all heard it. We all went through it here on this show. It is the biggest dose of common sense that there is. <clears throat> now, if the Blue Jackets are sitting in a playoff spot or really close on the border of a playoff spot, and you could go out and get a centerman that would be a difference maker, then I would be all about them doing that, completely for them doing that. Where they sit right now, this is I this is my personal opinion. All right. I think it is decision time for the Columbus Blue Jackets. And this I cannot tell you how much this pains me to say. The David Savards, Nick Felinos, you know, Michael Delzato's only been here for a couple of months, but you know, he's been an impact guy on this blue line on this team, even though he's got scratched the other day after somebody asked me in last week's show, why is he playing so much? And he did get bumped for a game. So, so there, I, I lost that one partially. Um, Riley Nash, who I think has done a good job with this franchise for the last three years. I mean, those are the names. Those are the kind of players, the teams that are in the playoffs are going to be looking for. Boone Jenner would be on that list too. I, I'm not counting him in this conversation for the time being, but I think, if you are going to, especially with Nick Felino, and I don't know what the thought process is there and, and what they want to do with Nick. And I'm sure that if he went somewhere with a team, that's going to be in the playoffs. I think he would be magnificent for them. Um, Cause that's, that's what he is. I mean, he's a, he's a playoff kind of guy. He's, 
heart and soul, and that's what you need to succeed in the playoffs. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen with him. I, I don't like to think about it. I don't like to talk about it. Uh, someday he's going to not be playing for the Blue Jackets anymore, one way or the other. That's a fact. I think that's going to be a very sad day, uh, the day that he's not representing this team as its captain in the community and throughout the National Hockey League, to me, is going to be a sad day. It really is. But it's coming. Is it coming now? Is it coming several years from now? I don't know. Um, but that decision is going to have to be made. You know, what's, what, is the, what is the future? Do you, do you see him being a part of your future? Um, is he, does he still want to be a part of the future, especially if you have to take a step back here and do any kind of retooling? Uh, and I say retool, not rebuild. But if you have to do any kind of retooling here over the next couple of years, is he part of that or is he not? David Savard pains me as much, maybe even a little bit more in some ways, because here's what I know. The minute David Savard is not wearing a Blue Jackets uniform, the very next game that we play, I will almost guarantee you that I'll be saying what the Blue Jackets need is a David Savard type player because he just gives the body, blocks shots, never complains, true professional, you know, that. That's who he is, and that's what he is. But the two guys I'm talking about, let's be honest and let's be real. They, they have the potential to bring you the biggest return, don't they? They have the potential to get you something that's going to help you for next year. If you're not going to make the playoffs, I'm not going to count them all out because Nashville was dead a couple of weeks ago, and look where they are. But you've got to string wins together. Now you've got this trade deadline coming up in a week, so you put yourself in a really bad spot here. If you're a player that wants to stay here and you don't want to have your name in these talks, then you don't like what's going on at all because of the situation this team's in, because your, your name's going to be out there. Simple as that. Um, but you have to decide who's going to be a part of your future, how you're going to approach it. And then you know, what is the potential, the biggest return potential? That's all my opinion. I've told you a million times, I'm not a GM. I don't ever want to be a GM. I just, I don't enjoy that part of it, uh, but it's got to be done. Yarmo's going to, he's going to do something. He's going to, I guarantee you, he's going to listen to every call that he gets because whatever is going to make this team better is what he's going to do. That's what he's always done since he's been here. And I still think this year is a, I, I hope it's a blip on the radar screen. And I still think it is. I still think with the whole the COVID thing, and you may say, oh, here he goes, using it as an excuse. It's not been a normal year. And and they've never meshed, whether that is, whether whether it's because it's the wrong fit and they're not going to mesh because the pieces are wrong or whether they're not meshing because they haven't really gotten that full opportunity. That's something I can't tell you right now. They don't mesh. They don't mesh as a group. They don't do it on a regular basis. We all know that. Is it because there was no camp? Is it because um, there were no preseason games? Is it because they just don't play well together? That Again, those are questions that they can not fully be answered right now. So you're going to be making some decisions based on what you think. If you think it's just a, a fluke of a season, then you're going to make decisions to, you know, do some things next year with, pretty much the same group, but is it time for this group, for this core? Is it time for pieces of this core 
to be ripped out. And you bring up John Tortorella. And again, I say to you, I'm going to be accused of being a torts apologist because of my relationship with him. But, you know, when people say he's lost the room, I don't think he's lost this room. I really don't. I think in many ways, this room has lost him. And what I mean by that is there's so many players not playing to their potential. There are so many players that are, um, that we've seen play blue jackets hockey that just haven't done it consistently this year. So maybe you're saying to yourself, well, that's the definition of losing the room. They don't want to do it for him anymore. I just don't think it's the case. I really don't. I, and when you say about a coach losing the room, what about the player? What about the responsibility the player has for not doing their job? That's a factor too. Do I think there are going to be big changes here next year? I think that's very possible. Let's what do you like? I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. As you look at it right now, there's the potential for some big things and a lot of different things going on here. Right? So you can go to Facebook. You can commiserate with other fans. You can adopt their opinions. You can have them adopt yours. You can do whatever you want. But to answer your question, this is a very long-winded answer to your question, Cameron. As of right now, it's you're in a better position to sell than to buy. Why would you go out and buy anything and try to add to what? Try to get to where? I mean, time is just running really, really short. If you're going to do anything, you've got to do it with this group. John Tortorella said before they left on this trip, we're going to know a lot more about this team when we get back. And I think he does know a lot more about this team. And I don't think he likes what he knows about this team. That's where I am on it. So again, thank you for the question. I really do. I, I appreciate it. Cameron's there all the time and he's taking flack and he's still, still bringing it week after week and bringing his dad in too. So thanks for helping to make David a fan as well. All right, let's get another voice question here. Hey, Bobby Mack, this is Bakes. And um, just wanted to throw you out a couple quick questions. I'll make it quick. Um, I think we got to make some deals. And um, I know Yarmo has got to turn fool's gold into gold. Um, but he has stockpiled a lot of draft picks over the last couple years. Um, he got some grief for the 2019 deals. But in my opinion... Those deals were the greatest thing possible because it, because it led to a sweep of the President's Cup champs in Nationwide, which I, I wouldn't trade for the world. But, you know, I, I think our veterans deserve one more run, and we need help, obviously. Um, I don't know about Elvis or Corpy who we should go with more, but they're both struggling going back and forth, so it may be time to go with one and wanted to know your thoughts on the goalies on if our veterans deserve one more run. And I'm fully with you on, we cannot rebuild and take 10 years. We just got to retool just a little bit. And um, maybe we can get a young GM that wants to deal a center uh, that would love a couple first round picks, uh, trade the picks, get us some players, a little help 
in the center, little help on defense, and a little help. Man, I want Mark Andre Fleury. I change. <laughs> I want Mark Andre Fleury so bad, and I think Vegas would give him up. I just think a veteran to help groom Corpy or Elvis would do would make a world of a difference. Plus, Fleury is great in the playoffs. But go Jackets! Thanks for all you do, Bobby Mack. Under two minutes, and we'll talk to you later. Thank you, Bakes. Appreciate that, especially the entertaining ending to it. Um. <laughs> All right, let's let's go in order here. Do the veterans deserve one more chance? My opinion. My opinion. No. Well, why do you say no? Well, I'll explain that to you very simply, and I kind of did in my answer to the previous question. To deserve one more chance, you have to make that possible. They have not. They're sitting where they are today out of the playoffs. You don't go and trade assets to try to make it into the playoffs from this position. You know, you're talking about picks. And by the way, I'm all for trading picks, honestly, even first-round picks. I'm all for that in the right situation. You mentioned two years ago those moves that he made. I was all for that. The only one I don't like, and it's easy to say because hindsight being 2020, but – the Anthony Duclair and the, the second round picks to the Ottawa senators for Ryan Dezingle was, that was not good. That one. I don't like that. I don't like that one. The Duchesne one. Fine. They gave them, they gave their group an opportunity to get in and win. And I thought that was great. I wish they would have given them something similar, not as big. I realized it wouldn't have been as big, I wish there would have been something similar going in last year with maybe an addition that would have helped out, but that didn't happen. And now you're at a point where you're not, again, you're not going to go out and I don't think you can add enough right now to get you to the playoffs. Only the guys that are here could put together a streak of a couple of weeks and give you a chance to do that. I don't, I don't think you can go out and make a, make a deal to do that now. And look, Bakes, Listen, I'm just going to – you ask about the goalies, all right? You want a veteran. First of all, Marc-Andre Fleury's out. I love Marc-Andre Fleury. I love his personality. I love what he brings to a team. I, he's done wonders for that Vegas team. Um, you know, I, I had a, a buddy uh, with Pittsburgh that told me when he was there before they traded him, when he is gone, it is going to drastically change our room because of his personality. And it did. It did. And he took that personality to Vegas and it helped their room a lot. But listen, it's no, 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 no. That is not the answer. Okay. That's not the answer. That's the answer five years ago, seven years ago. That's not the answer today. And if you want a veteran backup, if you want a veteran goaltender, not a veteran backup, if you want a veteran goaltender to help the young goaltenders, let me refresh this part of your memory. Jonas Corposalo backed up Sergei Bobrovsky for what, three years? And now he's been, you know, in a tandem for two? That's five years. That's a veteran. It's close enough for me. It's close enough for me. And I'll tell you this. You know, when they talk about trading goaltenders, 
if things continue like they are in the direction this team is going. I'll make it very simple for you, which one I would trade. Okay, very simple. Again, I'm not a GM. Don't want to be one. You're asking my opinion. I'll give you my opinion. I would trade whichever one will give me the biggest return. End of story. Because there are two reasons for that. Number one, I think either one of these guys can do the job. Yes, Elvis gives me fits at times. I'm not going to lie about it. His lack of rebound control and creating rebounds when there don't need to be, where there, there doesn't need to be a rebound. That gets to me at times. But if you go back to Tuesday night in Tampa, he was great. He gave him a chance to win. If you go to, uh, you know, Saturday in Florida, he doesn't finish. And then Corpusalo, you can say, well, they're both struggling. Look at the goals that he gave up in the game on Easter Sunday. Two on ones. Now, the goalie gets all the blame because he is the last line of defense. But believe me, in many cases, you can pick out at least two mistakes that led to that goal being scored. Now, you can have the goaltender play it wrong. Like I thought Elvis in that Thursday, third period, that game-tying goal against Tampa, I, I didn't like that one so much. It went under the glove. Brian Engblom, who's uh, doing color for the Tampa Bay Lightning, I heard him saying in the postgame show, well, you know, it, it's 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 harder to drop the glove than it is to raise it. That's why you start it and then you raise it. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But it just didn't look set to me to begin with. So that's why I commented on it at the time. That was just a straight one-on-one shot from the boards that went glove side. Corpus Allo's facing two-on-ones and the, you know, the second guy or even a third guy in is getting the goal and Elvis has faced the same thing. That's a team thing. The goalie gets the blame, but the team has to take a lot of that blame and the players will, you know, I might not blame them. I probably do. Actually, I probably do. I'm just saying that a lot of times the goalie gets all the flack and he doesn't deserve all of it. Sometimes he deserves none. Sometimes he deserves a little and sometimes he deserves all. But um, so there are two things, right? When you're talking to me about the goalies, which one's going to give you the higher return? And the second thing is, what are you really looking at with these goalies? Because Daniil Tarasov made his North American debut in Cleveland over the weekend. Gave up two goals. I think the uh, Monsters were playing Grand Rapids. Without looking, I think it was Grand Rapids. Gave up two goals, then stopped everything after that. His teammates score four. He wins 4-2. And I bring this up because, again, I've been told that this guy has the most potential of all of them. I know. You don't buy groceries on potential. You buy it on actually doing the job. I get it. I'm all about that. But let's just say that those scouting reports are true. Let's say they are. Let's say he is good enough to be the starter here in a year, two years, whatever. So is the guy that you're keeping, of the two that are here right now, you're going to trade one and keep the other one. The guy that you're keeping, is he going to be the starter with Tarasov being the backup? 
or is Tarasov going to step to the forefront? And are you actually picking a backup? Come on, think about that. Can't answer that question right now. And that's what scouts and GMs and assistant GMs are for, right? But just think about it for a second. Are you picking a starter? Or are you picking a backup? Is this guy going to come in and become what many think he's going to become? I don't know. We'll see. And you know, to, and here's why it factors into me. Corpus has been a backup. He handles that role well. I think Elvis struggles when he's a backup. I think he needs to be the starter. And I'm not saying that disparagingly because every goalie wants to be the starter and they should want to be the starter and they should want all the games. Some of them don't handle that backup role well. All right. I'm just throwing it all out there. It's all out there. So that's your food for thought. You think about it. You make your decisions. You go on Facebook and you talk to the other people that have the same opinions and see what they say about that. Food for thought. That's all. That's all I'm saying. All right. And by the way, can I say one more thing about that? Yes, I can. It's my show. The one last thing I will say about that is all of that is good. All of that is good. Because I think the two guys here are good. If the guy that's coming is as good as he's supposed to be, that's really good for this organization. You've got to have depth. We know that. We've seen it. So those are good things. In this case, it's a good problem to have. Where am I going now? How about this email from uh, Corey Schneider? Not the goalie. I say this all the time, but I was just talking about goalies. I want to clarify again. Here's what Corey says. I was wondering if you could talk about how much stock Yarmo in the front office would typically have to put into a player's reaction to being traded to Columbus when evaluating trade opportunities. I constantly hear on uh, more national hockey podcasts from former players joke about how Columbus is a worst case scenario destination for free agents and trades. All of us fans can argue until we're blue in the face about how this perception is unwarranted and unfair and how much the culture has evolved under Yarmo and torts. Despite this, the reputation seems to be very real that it's not an appealing city to live in and play in. I know these guys are supposed to be pros, but I wonder how much we are handicapped in the trade market by a potential bad attitude from a veteran being traded here. Since a lot of listeners and fans like to dream up trade scenarios, I'm constantly wondering how some of the bigger names in the league would respond and how much discussion Yarmo and company would even have about that aspect of it with trade partners. Uh, we all remember Jeff Carter, Scotty Upshaw also has been vocal about phoning it in after being traded here on his podcast. Listen, this is the second time somebody sent me something about Scotty Upshaw. I haven't gone to listen to his podcast. I liked Scotty when he was here. But I'm just going to tell you this. This is flat out the truth. Scotty Upshaw did not light the world on fire when he was playing here. Okay? But so he 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 just phoned it in. That that was it. He didn't want to be here, so he didn't play here. Is that his excuse? for not being very good when he was here because that seems like an easy excuse. I didn't want to be there. So I just sucked on purpose. He also played in St. Louis and he did well there. And in many regards, 
St. Louis is the same kind of market. They have the Cardinals. Okay. All right. <laughs> Changed my mind. St. Louis is a similar market with, in my opinion, a worse downtown. Changed my mind. So, Corey, this is what I'm telling you. I don't care what Scotty Upshaw says about Columbus. I'll just start with that. There are many players that like this place. Do they tend to be older players that have uh, families? Yeah, they do. Because I think you come to appreciate it. And maybe as a young kid, we've seen the guys that want to be in New York and L.A. And yeah, the Jeff Carter thing, I, I know it still stings many of you. I'm over it. I, I also saw Jeff Carter, quite honestly, act like a jerk when he was playing here and then be a really nice guy after he wasn't playing here. And you would say, well, it's because he didn't want to be here. No, he matured. He matured. And he won a couple of Stanley Cups, which helped out, I know. But I just think he matured. And sometimes you got to wait for that. But as far as they're putting everything into when they're looking to make trades and, and this and that. But if a guy's under contract, they expect them to come and play. Simple as that. So I, I mean, I would have to ask Yarmo how much stock he puts into it. I'm going to guess it's not a lot. Again, I think, I think you as a fan worry about that so much more than, well, I know you worry about it more than I do because I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't even know what to say about it anymore. I'm so sick of talking about that subject and I'm sick of that perception. And if you want to get rid of the perception, again, let's just throw it out there and be completely honest. You've got to win. You've got to win. Once you're winning, I'm not talking about getting into the playoffs. I'm not talking about winning a one-off series here and there. I'm talking about winning multiple series having a chance to win the Stanley cup, that kind of winning when that's happening, nothing else matters. It's far too difficult to find excuses for why you don't like a place when everything's going well and you're winning all the time and you have a chance to win the cup. So if you want to end all that, that's how you do it. It's exactly how you do it. And even if you think, well, they had a chance to win it when Bobrovsky was here and Panarin was here, and Duchesne was here, and he didn't want to stay. Thank goodness, by the way. I mean, how, how would you like to have that contract right now that Nashville has? I wouldn't. So, you know, just – I think we got to get beyond it. I know it's hard to get beyond, especially this year with the way things have gone, because what happened early in this year kind of blew up the whole thing, right? It did. What happened early on blew up the whole thing. And that's why it's still fresh in our minds. But I don't think, I don't think they put a lot into that, especially for a young player that's under contract. They expect them to come in and play. Simple as that. All right, let me get to a couple of tweets here. Mark Carell's got the first one. Bobby, I hate that I feel this way. This team sucks. No fight, no compete level. For once in my hockey fandom, I'm embarrassed to be a Blue Jackets fan. Talk me off the ledge, please. 
Don't be embarrassed. Look, this team has had a great run the last couple of years. If it ends this year, it ends. You know what you do? You start next year. Very simple. Really simple. This has not been a normal year, Mark. It is not. I'm not using that as an excuse. It's a fact. It's not been a normal year. I just talked about the thing that derailed stuff early on. Thought you had your four centermen set. And by the time it was all said and done, only one of them remained as a centerman. And even that guy's been healthy scratched. Okay. So come off the ledge. Don't be embarrassed. You can be frustrated. You can be sad, but don't be embarrassed because it's just, I think it's a fluke. I think it's going to be tweak here, tweak there, tighten the screw, jiggle the handle, whatever you, however you want to fix it. You know what I mean? That's, that's what I think. Uh, how about a tweet from Lou? Lou says, how much more can we take time for torch to go? He's not motivated a great group of players and he's obviously lost the room. His tantrums and punishing of players does not work. His system has run its course. Great coach, but magic is gone. This says whole diction is passing us by. I, I wonder if that is meant to say division is passing us by anyway. Anyway, Lou, um, yeah, I talked about Torch earlier here. The tantrums, he hasn't had very many tantrums this year, by the way, uh, especially not since early in the year. His punishing of players, there were a lot of people upset that he didn't play Jack Roslovic on Saturday, okay? I asked him about Jack Roslovic after the game in Tampa, before the first game in Florida. He didn't want to elaborate on Jack. Because I see it, and if you watch it, you see it. Going hard sometimes, floating at other times, okay? Gets them back in there on Sunday, they get shut out. So, again, he didn't play Saturday. He did play Sunday. Didn't make a difference. Why are you so upset? Changed my mind. You're upset because, oh, he's got the third most point total on the team since he's come. What have you done for me lately? It's not playing well enough lately. Same with everybody else on the roster. One day you're in, one day you're out. I know you hate that. I don't like it sometimes. Sometimes I'm watching guys play that I'm thinking, oh, why are we watching this guy play? Why don't they play this other guy? And then the next day they play the other guy. And I say, yeah, now I know why they didn't play the guy yesterday. Because he's not doing very well today. Just saw a friend of mine when I was uh, down in Tampa the other day. <laughs> Rick Langford, former major league pitcher. He had his best years in the 80s playing for the Oakland A's, uh, playing for Billy Martin. This guy, you, you would never know by talking to him, he ever pitched one day in the major leagues. And he pitched a long time in the major leagues. In fact, one year, he had 28 complete games, 22 in a row. 22 times he started the game, they never brought in a reliever from the bullpen. A record that'll never be broken because in today's game, you don't use one pitcher, you use at least three, if not four or five. I'm, I'm telling you this just to set up the credibility of this statement. 
I met Rick when I was in Syracuse. He was, he had formerly been the pitching coach for the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, he had come back down to AAA and I worked with him. He was there for a couple of stints and, and we got to be good friends, but we were just talking the other day and he was saying how you would see a guy play, whether it was somebody on your team that just came up or, you know, you just got in a trade or whatever, whether it was somebody on your team or whether it was a team you were playing against and you'd see this guy play and you would say, man, this guy's really good. Why doesn't he play every day? And then somebody would come and say, just give him some time. He'll show you why. And I think that's what we're seeing a lot of this year with the Blue Jackets. Why doesn't this guy play every day? Give him time. He'll show you why. Not ready. Um, maybe in the wrong role. Maybe not skilled enough yet to – maybe not skilled enough to, to play at this level um, in a top six, whatever the case. Whatever the case. I think we're seeing a lot of that this year. So it made me laugh. I forgot about him telling me that years and years ago, but uh, it was good to see him and, and catch up and, and tell some stories. And believe me, you can be a, a baseball player or a hockey player or a football player or a basketball player or a soccer player. And there, there are so many things that intertwine. There's so many, um, there's so many approaches that are, they're just different because of the sport. It's pretty much, the same thing's going on in just a different way because of the sport. So it was great to talk to him and um, remember some of that stuff, be reminded of some of that stuff from a, a guy that has uh, seen it all after working in professional sports for a long, long time as a player and as a coach. So I wanted to leave you with that. So when you're saying, why don't they play him all the time? Just give him some time. He'll show you why. Blue Jackets and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Seven o'clock face-off. Tonight, Tuesday night. Nationwide arena. I will say this. I think the Blue Jackets are going to play hard in these games because they're playing Tampa and they hate Tampa. They hate them. Rivalries are made in the playoffs, right? It's been made the last two years. They hate this team. They'll be ready to play against them. I'm not going to tell you they'll beat them. They're the defending Stanley Cup champs, the Lightning are. But... I think they'll uh, – I do not believe that the Blue Jackets will roll over to this team in any way, shape, or form. 7 o'clock face-off, pregame coverage, 6.30, Blue Jackets Radio Network, and that includes the flagship station, 97.1 The Fan in Columbus. Also on the TV side, pregame coverage at 6.30 on Bally Sports Ohio. I have to practice saying that and making sure I don't screw it up. Because it's new. It's late in the season and it's all brand new. But new is a good thing sometimes. So get ready for this series against Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, another CBJ and 30 coming your way on Friday. Trying to decide what direction I'm going to go here. Getting ready for trade deadline day. I don't know. I have a, I have a couple, of, uh, couple of directions I'm looking to go in my head. Some are... I would say two of them are your typical direction that you want to go and get background and talk about what could happen potentially. And the other one is a little bit off the beaten path. 
and I'm leaning towards the, the high weeds, meaning off the beaten path. I'm leaning that way. I don't know. I, I might get drugged back to tradition. Look at the. Sometimes I think I'm looking to change tradition. Tradition's great when it makes sense, but sometimes change is good. Maybe I should just leave you with that for whatever happens with the trade deadline. Sometimes change is good. And I'll add this to it. Sometimes you think change is terrible or you think it's going to be terrible and it turns out to be good. And don't you dare say to me, sometimes you think it's going to be good and it's terrible. We know that, but we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> All right. Thanks for being here. As always, send me your questions anytime on Twitter or Instagram. Oh, 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 oh I forgot about Instagram. My goodness. My goodness. I had uh, Brown Eyed Lauren ask me a, a question on Instagram. It was pretty simple and I pretty much covered it here, but Brown-Eyed Lauren says, how much time do we have to get it together before we're out of the playoffs? I can answer you in two words. Not much. Okay? But thanks, Lauren, for checking in. I'm so sorry. I almost forgot that. Almost, but I didn't. That's how good I am sometimes. I take you right to the precipice, and then I bring you back, and I finish it the way I'm supposed to. Blue Jackets and Lightning, 7 o'clock, Nationwide Arena, next CBJ in 30. Coming up on Friday. That's going to do it for this Monday mailbag edition of CBJ and 30, presented by Telhio Credit Union. Until next time, I'm Bob McElligot saying so long.